welcome to VIP Boxing's Bell to Bell podcast, episode 48. Um, God, only a couple off 50 now that myself and my co-pilot, John Evans, who's with me tonight as always, has done. Are you okay, John? Yeah, I'm good, Steve. A couple off 50. You went past 50 10 years ago, didn't you? <laughs> oh, mate. I'm, in, 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 <laughs> hey, next April, I'm nine. nine I'll tell you what. Oh, i tell you what, I'm nine, nine years, six months, five days. There you go. 59 years, six months, five days. I'm all right, That's though, right. John. I'm okay. Yeah. I, I, you're as young as you feel, mate, you know? Young <laughs> as you feel. And I, I feel like a baby still. And when I'm talking to you, and when I've got Robert Rimmer near me, neighbour and a gym <laughs> down the road, our special guest tonight, a seriously good Manchester trainer, and I'm sure he's going to be hearing more and more about him over the years. He's still very young, Robert, or he's youngish as yeah. trainers go. <laughs> and he gets on with his work. And Robert, thanks for coming on tonight. Um, it's very good to join us yet again. You did a great turn last time. Yeah, my pleasure, mate. It's great to be on. Like I said, I enjoyed it last time, mate. So we'll see where we get to again tonight. Yeah, I know you're busy. You've got to get off to your gym for a new scheme you start in there but a busy day with you today the announcement jack massey bilal lagoon ibo world cruiserweight title um yeah big fight big fight for jack massey yeah big fight mate and this and any fight of uh, this level is always going to be it could be a tough 50 50 fight um i think you know what timing it's all about time and i think this times it's come perfect this fight for jack um bilal lagoon you know i've been watching him over the last couple of weeks i watched his uh his fight sorry it's gone gone off here, lads. One second. It's uh, I'm in a car. It's um, yeah. So Bilal Lagoon, he um, I watched him against McCarthy in some of his recent fights. You know, he's a tough, durable opponent. Um, I know he's lost on a split to McCarthy. I know a lot of people thought he might have uh, he might have just edged that. Um, but I suppose he went into that fight with only four weeks. No, this is a fight that we relish, you know, and um, that, you know, we we want to be in these big fights, so. It's great for myself, unbelievable for Jack, and I think it opens a lot of doors, Steve. So I'm excited for it. Yeah, yeah you, that, that's what it does. That's what it does, Rob, isn't it? It's uh, it opens the doors. I mean, look at the attention Reactpaw's getting at the moment on Sky, and we all know the fight Jack had with Reactpaw, but winning this gets him right back in that mix, doesn't it? He's right in there with um, these guys who are trying to make the mark in the cruiserweight division now. Yeah, hundred percent, mate. I mean, look. I always say as well, you know, when one door's closed, you've got to look for another one that's open. And this cruiserweight division is on fire, especially domestically. Jack's right up there in the rankings. You know, his world rankings gone up. I think he's 19 or 20 now in the world. Um, but, you know, the activity has been key. He's come, come off that European title fight um, against Caracas plan. Um, and, you know, look, the British Commonwealth and Europeans tied up. So what do you do? Do you sit around? Do you wait? Or do you continue your own career, keep active, um, and like I said, Denny Sobson's done a, done a fantastic job in securing this for him. So, again, it just brings more profile, raises your name. And, you know, who knows what it can bring? You know, we, we, first of all, we ain't looking past the La Lagoon. You know, I, I'm under no illusion this is going to be a tough fight. So once we get this nailed down and we can get past him, who knows a unification fight could come out of it? You know, it's, 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 the possibilities are endless in it. So um, we're looking forward to it, mate. Well, thanks for that insight on um, on Jack Massey's fight against Lagoon IBO World Cruiserweight title um, live on Fight Zone. I'm sure it'll be a, a, a great night for all of you, and let's hope camp goes well. But let's get on with the show tonight. Uh, lots and lots to talk about, and a couple big rounds of Fury Wilder coming at the end of this podcast. And uh, 
John's getting elbowed to um, round two tonight. Round one, we're going to give to Robert. And if you've got that bell and timer ready, John, yeah, for the ready. three minutes of action, over there to you, Rob. And it's like a traffic lights you want to talk about. Yeah, so basically, there's some little touch on it now. You know, look, in terms of, like, you know, we've got A-star referees in this country, you know, and um, it's been the same referees that have been judging a lot of fights throughout, you know, the last so many years. But um, I feel like, you know, fighters are judged on their performance. Um, coaches are judged on their performance but at the end of the day you know these referees are in in the heat of the fire um, you know these these are being able to see a fight at, the, at its closest point being able to judge um, see things that you know the crowd or people on TV or we don't see and I know everyone's got a different idea on how they judge and score a fight but I feel at the moment um, you know there's been a number of fights um, Campbell Atten being one you know, you've got 70,000 people in a stadium which look and feel like the decision should have gone the other way. And I feel it's down to the referees when they're making these, these decisions, you're not being penalised on it. And it's, you know, it, it can affect a fighter's career. And I feel like there should be an independent body who can, you know, put these referees under a little bit of pressure. So they're being able to make judgment, you know, significantly um, at the highest level, you know, and, and, and if, if they make a mistake, you know, then you lose your place. You've got some good circuit referees, you know, that are all coming through, are great referees. So I think, you know, they know that they're in every single week, whether they make a mistake or not. I think there should be something in place that, um, that, that, that can, you know, stop these decisions happening, basically. Yeah, we, we've had, uh, we've talked about this on here a good few months ago about the same referees getting the same chances, Rob. But I, I was just thinking then when you mentioned it, uh, at weekend, Luke Willis got a point taken off late in a fight I, without a warning, and it nearly cost him a fight. He, he won by one point on the cards eventually, but that could have cost him. I saw a clip of a fight today where the finish was horrendous. Um, I think it was just an undercard fight down in London, and the kid took some horrendous shots and got stopped late. So, yeah, I, I agree, Rob. I think there should be not quite a promotion relegation because the, the A-star referees have served the time, and they're there for a reason, aren't they? But yeah, of course. Maybe just take them out the firing line for a bit and give other people a chance because how do you get experience if you're not being given the opportunities? Exactly. And it keeps you on the ball. It keeps, you know, you don't want to lose your place. So you know that, you know, your judgment's going to be, it's going to be at the highest standard, the highest level, which it should be. Because I say, you know, some of these decisions it determines whether a fighter he's got a loss on his record or he could be winning a title or losing a title. So this, yeah. this, affects, the, this affects the fighter's careers. And like I said, a fighter's judged on his performance and, and so should they. I just think they're so safe, the referees. There's, you know, I, know, I think I mentioned before on here, I know of three ex-fighters who have applied and they're not even getting, getting to an interview or even spoken to by the board. And these guys know they're safe. They're too safe. You know, they're not being yeah. touched during lockdown. It was the same A-star referees during every fight. And going back to what you say, John, I just I made a comment about that fight on Twitter. That was brutal, not just the stoppage, but how clumsy the referee was when he jumped in there. I think it was um, young Robinson, Lennox Lewis's nephew, who used to be at Pat Barrett's who stopped the yeah. guy. It was a bad one. It was a bad one. Yeah, uh, round, round two, over to you, John. Yeah, we've got to talk about fight of the year. And I'm not talking about Fury and Wilder. I'm talking about... Troy Williamson and Ted Cheeseman at weekend. You know, lucky enough to be there at a lot of good fights, but that is the most brutal and best, you might want to say worst, fight I've ever been at. Um, it was relentless. They were both hurting each other constantly, but the skill level was high. It wasn't just two guys slugging. Um, it was just fantastic. It reminded me of nasty, vicious fights like um, Mickey Ward and Shane Neary. You know, you remember that one? It was... 
it was a talk to talk battle, but it was nasty, wasn't it? We were both hurting each other. And it reminded me of that. And sadly, it also reminded me of Ted's fights with Eggington and Ted's fight with JJ Metcalf. I think it might be time for Ted to have a good long rest. I know sometimes we hear about people, fighters having rests and it means three months away, but I think Ted needs to go and do something else for a long time. And if that urge to fight comes back, go and see what you've got in the gym. He's given a lot, Ted. Um, as for Troy, that was his first real step up. I thought he was sensational. He answered every single question. He passed the gut check. He had the stamina. He had the imagination and the ideas in a long fight, which people might have doubted. Um, the 154 mix is full of fights like that. We're all going to be violent. We're all going to be brutal. But Troy's the man to beat. And it was fight of the year. Best British title fight I've seen since Moore Macklin, which was the best start I've ever been at. I just watched the other night on TV. But um, obviously, I want to hear from Robert. I just can't believe that Troy Williamson gets down to 154. Even in the amateurs, when he was turning pro, now I was told this, he, he can correct me if I'm wrong. They was even thinking of turning him over at 168. He's that big. Yeah. Yeah, do you know what? Listen, he's huge. I've had him down at my gym many a time oh. sparring. Um, you know, he's, he's a super fit lad. I know that he spars with, you know, super middleweights and stuff like that. doesn't phase him. He, um, like I said, he's super conditioned, super fit. He can whack. He, um, and again, the other night, I mean, a lot of people was favouring Ted Cheeseman, but I knew that he was going to bring his A game. It was always going to be a 50-50 fight. Um, and again, you know, Ted Cheeseman's been in, God knows, on back-to-back wars. Surely it's got to put miles on the clock and it's got to have some form of effect. Um, but, you know, sadly, you know, he got caught with that big shot and now he's going to come back from that and now that's going to affect him going forward. But, you know, I give all credit to, to Troy Williamson. You know, he, he trains tremendously hard. He had a great amateur background. And again, I think I reiterate what John said. I think he's the man to beat in that division. Um, and I think he'll take some beating as well because he's got some serious, serious engine. You know, he, he just throws you. He's there. He's constantly in your face. And you make one mistake and it's shown the other night. You know, he will make you pay because he can crack a bit as well. Yeah, oh, he can crack that power. Who is it? Kieran Smith, the, Scot the Scottish guy. He hurt him in, in the first round. And Smith just never got into that fight after that in that final eliminate. And then just finished him off in the sixth. Even though well, Smith was in the fight... But you always had that. He was. He didn't look sturdy at all. Yeah, and you know what? I mean, he's got great inside work, but he's got an unbelievable jab. You know, and straight away, as soon as he's coming out of the next change, he's boom, that jab's back in your face. I thought he boxed absolutely brilliant the other night. I thought he was fantastic. Yeah, that jab is what you learned. That's when he was in Sheffield two years on the squad. Right, round three, John, is over to me. And it's the, the loving we have with rematches at the moment. I just think there's too many unnecessary rematches being contracted. Um... You know, a year or so ago, um, you know, I, I get what Eddie Earns doing it, maybe to protect his interest, because it seems to be Eddie's cards. So um, a year ago, uh, with, it was like winner stays on was the big thing with, with Eddie and Matchroom. But now it's almost like, well, until mom, you know, my man, I get a second go. It's almost like a football match. If you lose one nil, Man United lose one nil to Fulham or something, which is never going to happen. But if it did, you're not going to say we'll play again till they win. I mean, what Shannon Courtney has done to deserve a, a rematch with Jamie Mitchell, I've no idea. It's almost go, like, we'll get you another go, Sh Shannon. She just doesn't deserve it. Um, you know, I you know, I know it's big money involved, so people think you're talking out your asses, Steve, but I don't think Joshua deserves a rematch with Usyk right away. He should have another fight or two and then get back in there. You know, rematches you should be seeing are Campbell Hatton, and Sonny Martinez, but we're not going to see these sort of rematches. And I just think there's too many unnecessary rematches. And, you know, years ago, you know, there was this John Kane act, weren't there, in America, where rematches would be banned and all that, but it just doesn't happen. And um, I, I just don't like, like the way it's going with them. 
No, go on, Rob. Rob? Rob's frozen out there. No, well, it's 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 rubbish, isn't it? When you've got all levels. Shannon Courtney is the perfect example there. She's, she missed weight. She got comprehensively beat. There's no way in the world she deserves a rematch. But she'll get one. It's getting to a point now where to become a world champion, you've got to beat the man twice. You know, you, you, you've got to set yourself up, right, I'm going to beat him, and then I'm going to have to beat him again. And everything else will be in his favour the second time as well. Uh, it's totally wrong. Um, I know sometimes the rematch is still the most lucrative fight, but there's got to be some kind of system in place where if it's a comprehensive win, like Usyk over Joshua, like the girl who beat Shannon Courtney, whose names escape me, Jamie Mitchell, sorry, there's no grounds for a rematch. Just move on. It, it means the sport grinds to a complete halt. Yeah. Do you know what, John? It's the um, it's the politics of boxing. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's the politics. And what's happened is, it, you know, they've got the marbles, and the marbles are revenue, and they just don't want to switch hands, you know, and, and, and that's what it boils down to as well. It's not just about, you know, that second chance and stuff like that. I think it all boils down to money. And it all boils down to, you know, if you've got you've got the marbles in your camp, you're going to have one more shot at it. But I think it just delays things as well. Because then, maybe, like saying in the, the heavyweight titles there, you know, it's not like they're out regularly. They might fight every six months. But, you know, that's... Mm. Um, round four, over to you, Rob. Getting a boxing licence. Yeah, you know, this one, mate. Um, I think this is one that I think a lot of people talk about. And, uh, you know, look, listen, I can name, you know, a few different individuals. And again, it's nothing against anybody. You know, everyone's got their own, their own course, but this is probably the only sport where you can go uh, and walk into and, and come out and call yourself a professional. Um, and I think, you know, I've not I've known one person of, 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 of recent, sorry, who I've seen training lads in the gym, training white qualifiers. All of a sudden, he's gone from training white qualifiers to so having a few white qualifiers, and then I turned the telly on a few weeks ago, and he's uh, he's fighting on a on a on a Frank Warren show um, in the away corner. I'm like, I mean, good on the leg, you know, fair play to him. But I just think now you're seeing far too many um, people who you know walking into the gyms and going through the process. Um, I'd be and, and and becoming a professional boxer. I mean, I've had assessments at my gym, um, and now they don't do the sparring no more. It's non-contact, so I don't know. How you, you know. It's like it in a bag, a bag doesn't hit your back, but how do you determine that these kids have got it in them? You know, and um, I just think it's being made far too easy to become a professional boxer, to be, to get your licence. Um, and I just think it's saturating uh, the actual boxing market and for the likes of these top young amateurs who are coming through and people who have dedicated their lives to the sport, I just think it's a little bit, you know, unnecessary towards them kind of people. Um I mean, you'll have to look at some of the shows, some of them, you know, some of the fights, it's like, like watching paint dry. Um, you think how these kids got even got a license. Um, but like I said, you know, I don't know what, what your views on it are. We touched on this last week. I couldn't agree more. Here. There's too many guys getting licenses who aren't good enough that the board are giving them to. And also the guys that the, the, the young hopefuls, whether they're good, bad or indifferent, who are eight and nine and zero, are learning nothing. There isn't a Jamie Quinn, a Jordan Granman, who, who, you know, who won't just have a move around that show you thing. There's guys go in there who are fit, who just want to get through four rounds. We t I, I overspoke on this last week and lost my marbles a bit. So let John yeah. have a bit of a rant or a defence <laughs> if he wants. No, 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 it's, it's dead right. I did a thing on um, getting a licence for Boxing News and they got rid of a sparring for insurance reasons. Uh, but what an invaluable thing that was, you know. There's probably more risk to fighters through them not doing going through the insurance process in a trial than 100%. the risk of them getting properly hurt in a, in a 100%. fight. That's what it was. I, I know of one 
fighter. He won't mind me talking about because he told me himself. Curtis Cagano failed the first one and he had to go back and do his assessments again. But no one fails now. You know, like, as you say, it's um, it's a gym assessment, isn't it? Fitness, uh, skipping, bag work, pad work, and then the decisions made on that. There's not long left and it, it's a long topic. But I also think, Rob, and you'll know, there's a lot of people getting seconds license and licenses and trainers licenses who shouldn't be anywhere yeah, near it. We had the exact same conversation today yeah. with someone else, and it, yeah, it goes the same for coaches as well. You know, I'd love to go <laughs> back to that on you next time you're yeah. on, but that that really, you know, that it's like me. I, I know boxing, and you know, but I couldn't train a dog to piss against the wall. So how can I train a boxer? You know, because I've got knowledge of the sport. It's, yeah. it's absolute nonsense. Anyway, round five over to you, and that's insanity. And you want to talk someone else about someone else's yeah. insanity, John? Fire away. Deontay Wilder's insane, isn't he? You know, the most brave, dangerous man I've, I've come across in boxing. And uh, Steve, I'll give me and you a shout here. Lots of people were writing Deontay Wilder off. Me and you didn't, did we? We thought he was going to produce something last weekend against Tyson Fury. We didn't write him off. We gave him a shot. And God, he, he fought his heart out, didn't he? A lot of people say he's not a natural boxer and all that rubbish, but he's a natural fighter. But, but I can't honestly can't think of a, a guy in boxing, maybe boxing history, who's rung as much out of that one bit of natural ability he's got. He's an out-and-out -out puncher with a heart. And my God, you know, Tyson dominated those three fights, really. But for every single second, he couldn't take his eye off the ball because Wilder would have ended him. And I think it's only Fury's chin and resilience that he's got that's, that's got him through. The right hand that dropped him at weekend the first time, that was, it couldn't have been any better. Um and Wild Fury somehow made it up. But yeah, Fury's getting a lot of plaudits, but I wanted to give Deontay Wilder a shout there for, for putting his all on the line. That was an incredible effort, that. I'll just be very brief to hear Rob. I just, he, he talked of being willing to die in the ring, and I hate this talk from, from boxers. And I don't think he ever needed to go that far as he did the other night. He went, he went beyond, but that's my opinion. It scared me. You know, I didn't watch it live. Yeah. It just scared me seeing him go that far because he was willing to go as far as he had to the other night, whatever the outcome. Oh, 100%. He played his part in it. Like I said, he went out on his shield. He actually did. He went out on his shield. He put absolutely everything. Even when you thought he was gone, he, he, he come back with something for another three or four rounds. But talk about dangerous. You know, he 100% is the most dangerous heavyweight on the planet, you know, and... You, you watch him with, with, with free, you watch him through your fingers. God forbid being in Tyson Fury's corner throughout that. You'd have had a, you'd have had a heart attack. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's crazy. He, he does everything wrong. You know, he'll never have great balance, really. He'll never be able to get on the back foot and box for 12 rounds. He'll never be an inside fighter. He's got one weapon, but Jesus Christ, what a weapon that is. You know, and, and the power, people say he's the hardest punching heavyweight of all time, and people were doubting it and saying it's a load of rubbish. He legitimately might be, because Fury had a sitting duck there for five or six rounds, and he just couldn't risk going in to finish it, because he could have just got switched off at any point. And to do it with such... With so little left in the tank for five rounds, it's one of the bravest things I've seen. You could say he's knocked Tyson out twice with that round <laughs> 12. I mean, I'm saying that in here. And the, four, the second knockdown in round four. Anyway, round six, what next for um, Tyson Fury? You know what? I, I think this is just, you know, well, you guys with your important Rob more than anyone to get your opinion or the guest. Um, he's got White or Wallin next. And I think Wallin will push White quite a bit here in that fight. Anyway, but that's, we're not talking about that. Then the winner of Usyk and AJ. After that, 
I don't think there's anything for him out there. I don't think he's going to want to take on these up-and-comers like Hergovic right now. He's got the WWE love him, and he loved the WWE too, particularly because his son was... Uh, they're, they're his son's heroes. You know, there's, there's these movies he's been close to doing, you know, with Jason Statham. Maybe even have meetings about it. I just see him having two more fights next year, vanishing to do his wrestling and movies, and then coming back in three years' time when he's got a free hit when he's 35, 36, and yeah. he's got a free hit. Definitely. Listen, I agree with you. I think that they're the only two fights that make sense. I mean, he talks about a farewell fight with Derek Chisora, but, you know, I don't think you can count that one in. But in terms of what else can he achieve in the sport, I mean, you know, Dillian White deservedly gets his shot, but I just think he doesn't come anywhere near Fiora. I yeah. think the, the, the Uzek fight makes it a really interesting fight because they've both got an unbelievable boxing IQ. Does it make a great fight? I don't know, but, no. you know, he just shows, you know, he's he's physical. If he imposes himself, you smother your work and stuff like that. Now, I mean, if he comes through when these fights do happen and, and like you say, you know, he, he gets all the marbles and he's done the unthinkable coming back from where he's come from. You know, he's got a ton, a ton of money. I don't think he's money motivated anyway. So, you know, what, what he needs a new challenge, you know, because I think once you've done it, you've got to the top and you've whitewashed a lot of them. You know, he's a kind of character like he needs something to get his teeth into that's going to give him that drive, that little bit of summit to go far in the morning. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you, mate. I think, you know, the wrestling side of stuff, you know, he's not like, he's ne you're never going to see him as a poster boy for Lucas Aid or, or for Gillette, a bit like Joshua. So, um, again, I think he's someone that you'll see in, in films and, you know, um, talk shows and stuff like that. You know, he's a real character. And he'll always be there, won't he? He'll always be over the sport. If he... he I think he'll beat White, but I think White's a good opponent because Fury could quite easily take his eye off the ball and against someone, but White's going to talk, yeah. wind him up, yeah. and that'll get Fury's back up and he'll want to do a, a job on White. And then Usyk, yeah, I, I think he, he's got... He's too big for Usyk, isn't he? Yeah. He can outbox yeah. him, and if Usyk's getting the better of a boxing, yes. Fury can just smother him and, and go all over. That's, that, that's yeah. what yeah. I think. Get, get him in the WWE... He'll, he won't be able to resist comment, commenting about the other heavyweights. If if a superstar heavyweight comes through while Tyson's suplexing people, Tyson won't be able to resist talking about it. So he'll always be there and that comeback will always be on the cards, won't it? You know, and I remember when he went in the WWE and he went went away for six weeks and he trained properly with his wrestlers. You know, although it's sports entertainment, you know, that, that, you know... And, they're, they're athletes. They're tough yeah. men. And I'm, I'm reading a couple of interviews and I'm rid of wrestlers, and I don't read about it, but because they were talking about Fury, and a couple of them were saying, he was there like every morning wanting to learn, asking questions, and generally getting into it. Whereas you, he said, you've had guys that have been there before for five, six weeks. They do their two hours a day, but they've got no interest in what's going on about how they, apart from what they've got to do. He was wanting to learn things. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I mean... There's a reason why he's where he is. There's a reason why he's at the top of the sport. He's been able to come back because his mindset's just totally different than everybody else's. You know, he, he knows how to play the fool, you know, and what he's done and what he's achieved is just, it's just remarkable. Yeah, and it, I think, you know, anything that he puts his mind to, I think he'll do the same. He's that sort of character. You know what? I did an interview with him for Box Nation. It's on YouTube and um, it's been shown quite a bit. People have retweeted it. It pops up every so often when he was at his absolute largest. It was at a Terry Flanagan workout at the print works. Yeah, I was there, yeah. He was, yeah, he was enormous. That, yeah. And he turned up with a few mates um, and they were drinking in the pub in the print works, that Irish pub, whatever it's called. 
And um, so I said, oh, what are you doing? He said, I'll still keep in touch with it. You know, I'm, I'll be back. I, I, I want to you know, come to see Terry Flanagan train tonight, you know. And I thought, well, he's still got an interest in boxing. But he, he did this interview with me and he was talking of, you know, talking about Flanagan and then he'd be back and all that. And, you know, when you're just not convinced by someone, you know, fast forward yeah. five years and he's the most talked about athlete in the world. Saturday night, he didn't just end a trilogy. Or to me, that was the best heavyweight fight since Bo Hollifield won the other night. He become, the, the Saturday night was a night he become a global superstar, not just a yeah. boxing superstar. He's now mainstream everywhere he goes in the world. Yeah. Isn't it cr- no, listen, crazy? And you know what? It's Sorry, crazy John, it works, isn't it? In the second fight, Fury was fantastic and beat Wilder down. The third one, he, I, don't, I don't think he was quite as good as no. he was in the second fight. He got flattened a couple of times, but that's the one that people love and people remember him for. But there's so much to come, more to come from Tyson. Yeah, I, I just, I just, I just wonder, John, how long we'll have him. As we said in the in round five, yeah. I just wonder how long we're going to have him around for now. Because, and I think you're right, the white fight will will will, will get his juices flowing. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I mean, I want to see that white fight. Two characters as well. You know what I mean? Two nut jobs, aren't they? And they <laughs> both bring something different. So you can imagine the build up for that. Well, that's going to be like. And you know what? Another thing as well. Being able to have him back here and have the opportunity to go to a fight, I'd like to see him go to Old Trafford, sell that out because it'll yeah. sell out. Dillian White and, and Tyson Fiora. Yeah, be absolutely. Imagine that, that event. I tell you what, what I wonder what's going to happen with, with the fight. Presuming White beats Wallin, sorry, John. I'm, uh, I'm presuming White beats Wallin or Valin. I'm not sure of the pronunciation. What happens if it goes to Pursebridge? Obviously, Frank or Bob, top rank, and Queensbury have got seventy-five percent of the purse. What happens if the zone suddenly think we are going to go tight as deep on this and just throw money at it to get our subscribers in? And it suddenly becomes one of the richest fights of all time in order in the richest fight in Britain. On the zone. Oh, no, they it's possible. It, they, can't, they can't let it happen, can they? No, they can't let it happen. because they and it, it you, In most cases, you say there's not a chance because you've only, it's 75, 25. So they're going to have to go and bid something like, I don't know, close... You know, say, say Dillian, um, Dillian's five million. You've got to go and bid 20 million pounds for it. That's 30 million dollars. I mean, you know, it's nuts. You can't do it. That's what they should do, though. For, they should put the fight in Manchester as well. I, yeah. I, I do think you need to keep poking Tyson. You have to keep him motivated and putting it at Old Trafford, Manchester United, who he supports against Dillian White, who's going to talk and talk and talk. I think that's the, that's the way you keep. Tyson on track until Usyk and Joshua sorted out. Perhaps the problem with that is if WBC say, you know, we're putting out the purse bids in November, Dillian White, I want my fight sooner. I'm not waiting for you because you're not going to get in Old Trafford till the end of the football season next you can, year you in can May, all, June. You can all, Steve, you can always hurt your hand in training. <laughs> you always get a postponement. <laughs> Robert, you had a bit of a smile there. Have you had a hand in training go before when someone's not ready two weeks out. You don't have to name names. And then you've got them ready six <laughs> weeks later and they've smashed that person. From that little oh. smile, I think you've done the hand injury with, with fighters and then they've pulled <laughs> them out. Coming, four, weeks, four weeks later, they've destroyed somebody. Yeah. Loose lips sink ships, you say. <laughs> I think we, is, is Rob, Rob, anyway, you've been. we'll let you go. I know you've got your new project starting with Eamon of No Excuses Training tonight. Hope that goes really well. He was telling me about all this what you're going to do with these people and 
teach them how to box, you know, and they're going to have professionals coming in to help them. It's a brilliant scheme that you've got. And I think if anyone yeah. needs anything, just look up Robert Rimmer on social or no excuses training. Yeah, or, you know, Phoenix Camp, or you know, what, we, what we're offering is uh, Fight Camp. So it's fightcamp.training on Instagram. Um, and you'll be able to see all the information on there, mate. But yeah, it's going to be a great, um, it's a great project. It's a unique one that I'm not that no one, as my of my knowledge, is offering. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it, mate. I'm excited about it. Well, thanks a lot, Robert. Thanks a lot, John, for um, as usual, mate. We'll speak in the week, John. And you better get off and train all these wannabe boxers and send my best to Eamon, Mister No Excuses tonight when you see him. I will, mate. Listen, great to have you. be on again, lads. I really, thanks really enjoyed it. Thanks great. very much. We'll see Take you in a care. month or two again, mate. 100%. Take care. See you soon, boys. Thanks, everyone else, Ta-ra, as well, for listening. For all boxing, info, news, and latest interviews, amateur and pro, across and off, click and subscribe. VIP, boxing promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.